welcome to the second edition of the Successful Farming in Her Field podcast brought to you by John Deere, who celebrates the strength and resilience of the women who make farms run. I'm Lori Boyer. They run errands and equipment. They bring parts and dinner. They drive the combine and the kids to school. They feed livestock. They fix skinned knees, broken fences. They do the books and lead the 4-H group. They simply make everything better. John Deere celebrates the strength and resilience of the women that make farms run. They make all the difference. Today, I'm joined by Hannah Klitz from West Point, Nebraska. She is the founder of a direct-to-consumer premium beef business called Oak Barn Beef. Hannah, let's get to know you. Tell us about your background and experience in agriculture and how the idea of Oak Barn Beef was born. Yeah, so I grew up in Colorado until I was 13, and my parents owned a concrete construction business. It was great growing up with two parents that were entrepreneurs and watching them build their small business. But we had eight acres where we had basically our 4-H show cattle there, and that's really where I found my love for bringing people out to the farm that had never been a part of agriculture and introducing them to cattle. It just seems like a whole nother world to them. So it was really, that's where I found my love for ag. When I was 13, my family moved to rural Nebraska. And so I got to expand like my knowledge of like hands-on cattle production then. And we had cow-calf pairs and, um, And not only did I know like the 4-H show cattle industry, then it was more so like the more of the commercial side. And so I knew I wanted to stay in the the beef industry my my whole life now. Um, And so I was an animal science major at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln in college. And I went in thinking I was going to become an embryologist. And so go the pre-vet track and... um, Turns out I don't like science that much and I much have much more of a business mindset. Um, so I was fortunate enough to find the Angler Entrepreneurship Program in college. And that's really where I found my place. Uh, it's a hands-on entrepreneurship program. So it's not only like business plans and you know, classes, but they really push students to go out there and start businesses. So that led me to start Oak Barn Beef, which I was a sophomore in college at the time and 20 years old and decided I wanted to help educate producers and consumers by selling our family farm beef directly to consumers, which leads us to where we are today. Now, my husband and I operate the business in West Point, Nebraska, which is my husband's hometown. And we have over 6,000 customers across the 50 states. And we recently added in a retail storefront here in West Point, too. Hannah, can you give me a rundown on how your operation works? Yeah, so we work with both my parents and Eric, my husband's parents. So it really is a family business too. So my parents have the cow-calf operation. When I moved to West Point, they actually sold off 70% of their herd, just didn't have as much help anymore. So we we found another producer out in more central Nebraska who focused on the, a lot of the same things that we focus on in priorities. So we buy calves at weaning time from my parents' operation and then um, Diamond E. Cattle out in Miller, Nebraska. And 
we have a very critical selection process where we do a DNA test on each calf to see their tenderness gene and marbling gene, ribeye area size, and a bunch of other, other carcass traits so that we know that those calves are the highest quality from the beginning. So I think that's what helps us guarantee really high quality beef throughout our whole process. So we purchase those calves at weaning then based on that test. And then we bring them to West Point where they are fed at my in-laws farm now until they reach market weight. And then we use a USDA inspected butcher. Actually, we have one in West Point too. So it's all within like a seven mile radius from weaning time on. And then they dry age the beef. It's like cheese or fine wine when you give it time to mature and it becomes a much more like tender and flavorful product because of that. So the DNA test and the dry aging really helps us like ensure that we have a high quality product. So after the butcher, then we bring them back to our freezer facilities. And then we sell most of our beef online at oakbarnbeef.com. And then we also just added in the retail storefront that customers can shop from. I'd say about 90% of our business is online. And then we ship that beef across the United States. So we've shipped to all 50 states for every year since 2020. Let's talk about your customers now, Hannah. Who makes up your customer base? Yeah. When I first started this business, I really would have thought that our customer was like a middle-aged woman who wanted to feel good about what she was feeding her family and wanted to feel connected to the source. And our customer has really pivoted to older gentlemen and is, I would say, about 65 who grew up on a farm really likes the taste of like good high quality beef that he knew when he was younger and misses that quality there. And then by hearing our farm stories really has like that nostalgia of their days like back on the farm too. So completely different customer than than we thought we would have when we started with. Very interesting, Hannah. Thank you for sharing that information. What about marketing? How do you market your product? How do you market your farm and your story? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, One thing that really helped me overall when I was first starting was I started researching companies across the United States who were doing a similar business. And at the time, in 2018, there wasn't near as many as there is today in 2023. But I found one out in Northern California that was about my dream business. They sell beef, pork, and lamb from their family farm hold retreats out on their ranch and they let me move out to their ranch. And I learned so much about like a farm to table operation, but that really is how I got started with marketing too, because Mary, who is one of the owners of Five Mary's Farms, had about, I want to say about 80,000 followers on Instagram at that point. And so just by being around her and her generously tagging me in posts and stories and things, I started gaining a little bit of my own audience from her sharing about me as well. So that gave me a step up from the beginning. Since then, we've really developed like more of a marketing strategy. Like I said, I graduated with an animal science degree. So everything I've learned about marketing has been with audiobooks and podcasts. But now we really focus on search engine optimization, social media, email marketing, and then as well as like always saying yes to free media too. So anytime I'm asked to do an interview or be featured in something, I do my best to always say yes in that within reason, because that's a great way to get our story out there. And you never know who's going to be reading or listening or 
along those lines. So I'm very thankful to be on today. (laughs) How about challenges, Hannah? What are some of the challenges that you've had in building a business? And what are some of the challenges that you are currently facing? One of our biggest challenges was just learning the retail meat sales side of things. So one, our biggest quarter is quarter four. So everyone wants to order beef for Christmas gifts and New Year's and um, corporate gifts and things like that. And so we were not prepared for that always in the beginning with our supply. Another big challenge that we, that all like direct to consumer businesses face is that our lifespan of the product goes from like conception to consumption. So that is a very long time to plan. It can be over two years before where we have to plan out that product versus like an online business who's selling like t-shirts or a boutique or something like they get to order that product in right away. So we have to make sure we have a consistent supply Um, when we need it to. So that was a challenge. Another thing that I think is a challenge for people who are selling meat direct to consumers is like managing inventory for ground beef versus the high quality steaks. So like we sell out of ribeyes very often, but then when about 50% of a carcass is ground beef, so we have to sell those like 250 pounds of ground beef at the same amount of time that we're selling those like 18 ribeyes. And that's just a challenge. So we've added in a few other things to try to help with that. Right now, our biggest challenge is that commodity prices are up. And that's a great thing for like um, corn growers and people. But when we're buying that corn and cattle and everything, and our margins get very thin during these times because we aren't raising our prices and and making them go up and down as much as like the big beef processors are. So that really cuts into our margin when, when corn's expensive or live cattle are expensive too. On the topic of challenges, what about beef processing capacity? We've heard that there are backlogs and it's really difficult to get animals into the processing plant. Have you experienced any issues with that? Yeah, that's a big problem. In 2020, we used to be able to book spots at the butcher like two weeks in advance. So to go from that to now having to book out at least like a year in advance, that's been a big change. Fortunately enough, when the pandemic hit, I did hear that butcher appointments were being booked up. So I tried to book out as many as I could. But we are still using four different like butchers in 2020 to try to keep up with the demand because they were all filling up so fast. Fortunately, when we moved the business to West Point and we've started working with our main locker now that's close by, we are able to book out with them one year in advance. I have all of my butcher spots booked for the year, but recently they did cap us like on the amount of spots that we can have there. So just to make sure they can serve other customers and things too. So that's definitely a challenge on that front. Let me ask you this now, on the flip side, what's rewarding? What keeps you getting up in the morning and enjoying what you're doing? Yeah, that's a way more fun question. (laughs) Um, I think just talking to the customers and you hear so many like great stories about one, the customer, like the older gentleman customer who's reminiscing on their like time on the farm when they were young. And they just love to like talk about that too. So a lot of times it's like over the phone when I get to talk to those customers, but just being like a place where they are finding joy is really rewarding overall. But then I also think like getting compliments on our beef that this is the best beef that people have ever tasted really like 
that not only compliments me, but it, it compliments our family and all that we've been working towards for. I'm a fifth generation cattle producer. So, you know, that whole line, I just think that's the best compliment. And not a lot of like beef producers get to hear that feedback too. So that's something that's very unique and we take to heart. They run errands and equipment. They bring parts and dinner. They drive the combine and the kids to school. They feed livestock. They fix skinned knees, broken fences. They do the books and lead the 4-H group. They simply make everything better. John Deere celebrates the strength and resilience of the women that make farms run. They make all the difference. What kinds of questions do your customers ask you? There is a lot of like misinformation out there in agriculture right now. So I do get some questions on like grass fed versus grain fed beef or antibiotics or no antibiotics and, you know, just like hormones, vaccinations, everything like that. So we are, my thought is, is like we're transparent as possible. And I always tell the customers exactly what it is. And then if they want to do more research, we can provide them with those resources for them to do more research too. But we do what's right for our cattle and for our customers at utmost. So that's mainly what the questions I get the most. But other than that, I think people are just interested like in our process and um, especially as young entrepreneurs, then they're really like, they, they want to chat about the story and how all of this came about too. Let me ask you this question. When you talk about farm to table, what does that phrase mean to you and your operation? To me, farm to table really means that we are raising and caretaking for those animals too. So we are the ones who are responsible for their health, their quality throughout the whole thing. And then people have that connection where they're able to ask us as their producers the questions that they have and to try to be like a trustworthy source for that too. And I think that's been the whole farm to table movement. People just want to feel that connection and you can show that connection in many ways. Earlier here today in our interview, you talked about maybe some plans to do other things with your operations. So what are some of those plans? What are some of your hopes and dreams when it comes to growing the operation? Yeah, we um, have some big audacious goals, I would say, too. But I so we just recently bought our building in town that we added in the retail storefront. And then we expanded like our freezer and distribution space here, too. And so we did all of the construction. My husband, Eric, mostly did all the construction um, with some help of some great family members I need to throw out there too. But from February of 2022 to we had our grand opening in January of 2023. So I am constructioned out. So I keep telling my husband, Eric, that we need to like take it day by day from now. And we also had a baby in November of 2022. So we're still uh, in a transition phase there. But overall, looking out for a few years here, one is are looking for like our own farm place where we'd be able to raise the cattle and really expand to have those cow calf and then like own them through the whole entire process too. That's definitely a big goal. And then in addition to that, we do want to raise like some pigs and start selling pork and things like that too. But I don't want to add that in until we have our own farm place and can kind of take on more than that and not put on any more on our families too. 
Other than that, though, I think we just want to continue providing quality meat products to our customers and serving them the best way we can. Hannah, do you have employees outside the family? No, we do not right now. I do have some like part-time help, like some high schoolers help in the summer and this summer we'll actually have an intern. But as of right now, it's just kind of me and my husband, Eric, and our five-month-old daughter, Millie, if she counts, but she's around all the time. So I feel like I have to include her in that. And then our parents just help a lot when we need it too. And that's something that we are so grateful to have both of our parents who are very supportive of Oak Barn Beef. You just mentioned adding in storefronts and freezers. I'm curious, does that add another layer of regulations onto what you're doing that you have to keep track of? Not a big change. So we used to have an intermittent vendors permit from the Nebraska Department of Agriculture. And now we just have to be labeled as a convenience store since people are coming in. So there's not a whole lot more regulations with it. We just have to keep a clean space, which is always one of our goals, obviously, too. So what advice, Hannah, would you give to other young entrepreneurs that are getting started, especially in the ag space? I think about this question a lot. And I think the hardest part is just taking that first step and then that next step. So however small you're going to start, don't, like, don't be afraid to start small. It could just be if you're wanting to sell beef direct to consumer, you can start by doing like one or two head a year or something like that. Don't feel like you need to like launch into it. There's a lot of ways to test that and then slowly grow the business too. Hannah, taking that question a step further, when it comes to being a younger female, getting started in agriculture, getting started in entrepreneurship, what would be your advice to other young female entrepreneurs? Yeah, I think I've received so much support, I think, because I am younger and because I am a female. But I think the most challenging part is getting over. I get in my own way a lot of the times, too. So it's the feeling of like imposter syndrome or like I don't belong here or those kind of self-doubts that really do the most damage in my experience. So I I try to listen to like a lot of podcasts or audiobooks too, when I am feeling those ways that kind of will encourage you to get back out there and like know that you do you do have a spot at the table just because you're young or just because you are a woman does not mean that you aren't you do belong there and I think that's like the most important thing and one of the my favorite books says that like the most powerful woman in the in the room is you having that mindset like okay I get to be in control of what I do and who I am and something I have to remind myself of a lot. Hannah, is there anything legislative-wise or policy-wise that concerns you? So Oak Barn Beef only uses a USDA-inspected processor, so we are able to ship across state lines across the United States. So I really enjoy that aspect, and we are very fortunate to have a close USDA-inspected locker because I know there's a lot of people who are not that fortunate. But if you are using like a state-inspected butcher, you can only sell within state lines, and there's a lot of like regulations based on state with the locker, but a lot of those regulations fall on the butcher, not necessarily like on the person selling meat, unless, unless you don't have like that's your meat isn't processed in, in the correct inspection level. What about working with family members? Is that a challenge? Is that a good thing? How is that going for you? 
Yeah, there's definitely good and bad. Sometimes I've given like a presentation on this and I always pull up a picture where I was I was getting AI certified, so artificial insur- insemination certified, and I just got pooped on by a cow like immediately first thing in the morning. And I was like, sometimes family, working with family feels like this. So <laughs> there's good days and bad days with it. I do think it's it's worth the effort to try to make those relationships work. But there's also a lot of boundaries that you kind of have to put in place. And I've learned a lot of lessons about like discussions that need to be had up front versus waiting until things become an issue. So we try to like discuss like truck and trailer rental yardage, like anything that has to do with like money or work or anything like that kind of in the beginning. And then that helps set a standard for those conversations too. But it is kind of a delicate relationship too. And yeah, some days feel a lot more stressful than others do. So Hannah, your advice is to try to have as many conversations ahead of time and set boundaries ahead of time when you're working with families and dealing with money, dealing with a farm and making decisions. Yeah. And a lot of times I feel like it's when children are returning home to like their family operation or those kind of transitions are taking place. And I would recommend just having those tough conversations at the beginning. So laying out everything that could potentially be a problem or needs to be discussed ahead of time. And that should help mitigate some things. Um, But those conversations aren't always easy to have either. Hannah, you mentioned having a new daughter. So first off, congratulations. What is your hope for her and her future on the farm and in agriculture? Yeah, um, Mildred is her name and we call her Millie. Um, She is a little spitfire already. So I have no doubt that she'll be able to give Eric and I a run for our money. But for overall, I just, I think myself growing up with two like entrepreneurial parents and being able to see what they built was a really powerful like experience overall. And I hope that we can do the same with our children. One thing that's great about Oak Farm Beef is that your kids can come along like the whole way, mainly. Maybe not in the negative 15 degree freezer, but there's a lot of other aspects of it that they can get involved with, whether that's like counting ground beef packages as we pack them into boxes or taking care of the cattle or um, just a lot of different avenues there. And that's one of my favorite things about this business is that we can like grow our family with the business too. Hannah, you have the best answers. This has been so fun. What else would you like to say or talk about here today? The only other thing that I can think of is that I do help other producers who are looking at starting to sell like direct to consumer meat sales or anything like that. So I can give like a a little tidbit on that if that's helpful. Sure. So it's consultancy work then? Over my past like five years of growing Oak Farm Beef, I've gotten a lot of questions from other producers who are wanting to start selling their meat direct to consumer. And so in 2020, I actually just recorded some how-to videos that I started just selling at a low cost to people who wanted to start doing this. And there was a big boom when the pandemic hit too um, and a need for that. And then I recently just launched like a full online course too that goes through everything from your initial marketing plan to shipping a perishable product, a whole farm to table business and requirements and basically everything that I know from building this business in an effort to 
be a resource for the other people who are starting to sell meat direct to consumer. And if there's any like questions about that or anything, I'm I'm happy to help other producers. And I think that they need for that that resource too. Hannah, how would people find more information on that? If anybody is interested, they can go to oakbarnbeef.com and there will be a tab there that they can find some of that information about the online course. Hannah, thank you so much for joining me on the show here today. It has been so fun talking to you. Once again, Hannah Klitz, my guest here today. She is the founder of Oak Barn Beef in West Point, Nebraska. I'm Lori Boyer. Today's In Her Field episode has been brought to you by John Deere, who celebrates the strength and resilience of the women who make farms run. Visit agriculture.com to hear more stories from the In Her Field series.